Welcome back to Crush A Lot Podcast. I'm your boy Cheese. I'm excited for this one. I'm super excited for this one. But, you know, in order for me to do this special episode, I had, you know, I had a link up with the bodyguard, the pineapple butcher, Kalina, all the way from Miami. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here today, too. Ready oh. to talk to our guests. We, we, we had this one on our must-do f- for this year list and so we we had to do it you know big go big or go home is kind of our mantra for this year go big or go home you have the heat i have to shovel let's go right into our guests when we talk about hip-hop i know we always talk about the mcs the producers um we've really been wanting to highlight all the other people that make this happen and one of the most important thing is making sure your audio sounds crispy very crispy and, and very good because you know you don't want to put a product out there that's that is just a muddy mess right we don't want that so we had to go to one of the elite people doing it right now and and we're very thankful f- for having them on the show audio engineer mixer master to the biggest names in the game uh current single right out now with jim joe harry fraud lose lose mixed by a man John Sparks. John Sparks, how are you? How are you, man? Thank you for having me. Man, we're so happy to have you. There's so much things to talk about when it comes to hip-hop and just making something come to life and and doing it in a way that brings you not only sustainability, but just like you're the one of the GOAT standards out there. How did this thing come to be? How did you you know, fall in love with this audio mixing and mastering. Cause that's not, that's not the glamorous job. That's a yeah, job. Um, be happy if you get invited to the video shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that's all you do. I mean, I know that you you're beyond that. So you're a real creative anyways, aside from the mixing mastering, you do other things that people might not know. You do art. Yes. <laughs> also, and did I hear Jim Jones give you a shout out on the Joe Budden podcast? Yeah, that was so crazy. That was one of the craziest things that's happened to me. That was incredible. That's fire. But I also heard him in the same breath mentioned um, Harry Fraud. So does that mean that you work with a team or like a label? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm you know, I answer to Fraud. That's my that's my boss. You know what I mean? So really, I would say. 98% of stuff that he does, I'm included in in one form or another, whether it be the artwork, uh, the mixing, the mastering, whatever it may be. Right. And is that a way to also help you get linked up like with other artists and other projects? Oh, yeah, definitely. The, the one incredible thing about fraud since like day one, he like likes to set you up so you could just go out there you know what i mean like and he has no like he always is like you know linking me with people and stuff like that so it's really it's incredible but it also has to be too about your work too. oh yeah 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 but the hardest part is is getting your getting your foot in the door and getting into that conversation with with somebody you know right but um like she said how did you get started in the music industry of specifically you know mixing and mastering well i went it's crazy because when i was in high school I doubled up and actually went to an audio program during high school. I would be at 
school for half a day. Then I would go to a studio and like learn that. So I was like always kind of into it. And then when I graduated, fun fact, it's Biscuit. I was like interning for him on his blog doing like graphics. And then I was like, dude, I don't want to do this. Like I want to mix. Like I want to like do this stuff. And he was like, yo, like my boy's a producer and he needs an engineer. And it turned out to be fraud. That was in 2010. Wow. That's a long time. <laughs> Yeah, pretty long time. Yeah. And what are some of their artists or or age songs that you've mixed or mastered for? Uh, I've done. I did a majority of the French Coke Boys Five album. I did a lot of records on there. I did the on his previous album. I did Suicide Doors with Gunna, right? Uh, countless Action Bronson stuff. A huge, like probably seven albums for Smoke Dizza. I know that when I was going through the listing of the things you did, um, you've done some mastering and making for um, any of the butchers of uh, the plugs I met. Of course, yep, I did the plugs I met one. The first um, one. Uh, G Herbo, uh, Summer's Cancelled. Yep. Uh, what else? I think you did, uh, and you also did Currency and Harry Fraud, uh, The Marina. Yep, I did The Marina. I did all the newer ones and stuff. Battle right. Runners. <laughs> like a major album that most people talk about when they think about wretch they think of uh polo, polo sporting, sporting goods yeah mastering for that i bet nobody in the world would have known that yeah and the craziest part is my name spelt wrong on the back cover it's incredible <laughs> that's like my inside that's joke okay. about it nah i just like it because it's like whatever they know it's me. Like when when you think when you know when i think about mixing and mastering you know it's it's often you know when hip when i was a hip-hop early hip-hop listening fan just music those things i never understood what those things meant or what the process really entailed or the importance of it i just you know as a consumer as a listener you always get the final product what is your process when you get you know whatever the stamp the the the, how do you how do you benchmark what a high quality is and what's that rapport like with artists? I know it will be different with everybody, but how do you know this is like a John Sparks yeah. sealed and approved? Uh, well, mix? the hardest part about releasing a song, believe it or not, is the recording part of it, you know? And the first thing, like when I get a record, if I open it up and it's like recorded great, everything's there. That's the first thing. If all the files are there, everything's in order, uh, then I'm like, okay, this is going to be something incredible, you know, but a lot of times you get like distorted vocals and you kind of, right. but that's the challenge of it. You know what I mean? You got to make them sound good. They're not re-recording them. Right. I'm pretty sure a lot of artists <clears> don't understand, like the recording process either. They just send something to you and they think it's great, but the vocals yeah. are crazy. It's chopped up, super low. So now what do you got to fix it up and make it great for them. Yeah, it is. But a lot of times, too, if they do send me one or two that's like that, I like get on FaceTime with them and I like try to explain to them the best I can. Like, you know, turn down that knob a little bit. Like, you don't want to, you know, move this fader up a little bit just so for the next one, it could be more on point. Yeah, that's one of the things I learned even when recording the podcast is it's um so much of the early days of the show was fixing everything in post. Yep. Now my biggest focus is everything on pre. And yeah. I I pre-edit everything in terms of the settings that I like the microphones to be at for when I'm doing posts is as little to no 
meth as possible. Now, exactly. I'm an amateur and YouTube's my friend, but <laughs> like, I don't have a John Sparks ear. But you can hear the early days of the clusterfuck that it was till yeah. at least now it's like a passable on the way to being uh, halfway decent because of learning course. You know, uh, VST wave things and what program works best for what we do is is something that's important. One of the things I've learned from just like being around the music uh, industry a little bit and putting our own project is producers in particular do things very differently yes. from one another, very different process creatively and also how they record, especially the older the producer is, they're kind of stuck in there, the way they've learned things. Because hip-hop is great in that way. There's no yeah. one way of doing it. You kind of duck your way through it. Um, okay. And I ran into an interesting thing with our with our project where we had people do different things in different ways. And, and it astounded me how different people did, but also created challenges for every single track differently. Of course, like, yeah. It was very problematic. Every song was problematic in its own way. Yeah. Um, is there an industry standard, or you find a best, a best approach for a producer or MC? And I'm talking about more like the software technical side because Audacity is great to learn, but man, it's really <laughs> hard to fix your shit if you're using it. Yeah, of course. Uh, Pro Tools is the really the way to go. In my opinion, that's, I would say, is the industry standard for, you know, for commercial releases. But you could do, you know, Logic, really anything. Hit records have been made on every, everything. But I would say Pro Tools is definitely my weapon of choice. And, uh, and aside from the software, how do you work best? Do you work inside of a home studio or do you lying outside working in other studios? Um, I don't mind working out of studios, but like my ear and like everything is like my own, my own space. And then especially with COVID and stuff going on, I've been doing no traveling to studios. So I took what I needed, set it all up, you know, but uh, really it's wherever you feel comfortable. Like I said, like I know my speakers, how they are here and everything like that. And then I have like one or two studios out by me that I trust and I go to a lot and work out of, but I usually prefer to do it at my space or like a couple of my colleagues' spaces. And what do you think, like if you had to offer some advice to people who do want to work with you and they say, out to you, Hey John, you know, can you master this? What are some things that you think they should be mindful of when they want to talk to you, when they want to meet with you? You know, what are some things that are good for them to know before they even approach you with this? What should they be ready with? Um, I think it's really just being professional. Like that's like the golden rule and just be prepared, you know, like I'll have people reach out to me and want to work. And I, you know, I answer everybody. I don't turn anybody away. I work, try to work with everybody, but if you contact me and you know, you're like, all right, I'll get back to you. And I don't hear back from you for six months. And then when you, when you hit me up in six months, you don't have the stuff ready. Like that's, you know, that's also a thing. And a lot of people get mad at me if I like, don't come to their studio and like work with them there. And I, and that's just not how I work. You know, if you want the best product, it's gonna, you're sending it to me. It's my responsibility. Now I got to do it how I want to do it. You know? Right. And what are some things that you think make you a good engineer? Things that make you feel like, well, I'm the man for the job. So if you want this done the right way, why do you think people should go to you for that job? 
I, I mean, I always say it too. Besides talent, efficiency is like a huge thing to have. And I'm very efficient, you know. If you could send me a song and I, as soon as I get it, I start working on it, whether it be prepping it and then I'll mix it a little bit later. But I send it back. Usually if it's a single, usually like a day, you get it back. And then if you have changes, I get, you know, but we, usually I try to get it on like the first V1, like the first version of the mix. I yeah, try not to. That's super efficient. <laughs> yeah, I try to. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but it happens. You know, one of the things that uh, I saw on your Instagram that caught my attention as I was prepping for this episode and getting more excited about you and, and your story is is you know someone sent you a cameo yeah with my with the with the excellence of execution <laughs> heart and i yeah. kind of heard it out because i'm a wrestling mark yeah um, so i was like how cool is that so i got i got one for my wife for valentine's day i hope she doesn't listen to this episode because <laughs> i want to be surprised uh how, how did that happen um how did that that feel i'm you know i didn't want to go into the, the stuff of the cameo but like just getting someone like that on there and be like, whoa. Well, it's crazy because we, I mean, we could get into it a little bit. So my first time I had to go in to surgery, a friend bought me autographed Bret Hart tights on a mannequin, like sent to my crib, like a mannequin with Bret Hart's outfit signed by Bret Hart. I was like, that's crazy. Like I love Bret Hart. He's the goat. And then this one, it was actually my old teacher my old audio teacher who I've ran studios with who's like my mentor. He sent it to me and I was like that. It was crazy. Like I've, I rarely get left speechless, but that was one of those times I was like, damn, it's Bret Hart. <laughs> he cut one of the better Bret Hart promos. Yeah. Like it was, it was incredible. I loved it. I don't want to do Kalima with our wrestling fandom. <laughs> For wrestling heads who, who get things uh, from our like, escapism um, you could possibly say on this show that i'm not gonna be like oh cool with because i'm i'm weird i'm weird anything offends me is so it's not gonna be wrestling awesome. <laughs> well that's good so we'll talk more about wrestling in the future um saying that hip-hop is in an interesting place right now obviously it's one of the most consumed types of genres out there in the world mm -hmm. um and, you know, hip-hop has grown to a point where you can love different type of hip-hop. Before it was just hip-hop. Now there's different types of hip-hop, which I think is a beautiful thing. And you don't, we try not to go into what's good or what's not, if you like it. Like there's beautiful genres everywhere. You pick the one you want, that's, you can roll with it. How do you see, where do you see hip-hop right now? Because it's like the underground is bubbling. Griselda's making a lot of noise. And, you know, the mainstream hip-hop makes a lot of movement everywhere um where are where is hip-hop in your estimation i think it's probably and i mean this might be a hot take but i think it's in one of the best places it could be because if you look if you look at all these different artists different styles that they're doing but they could all make money off of it reach their fans do stuff like that where maybe 10 years ago it wasn't that easy for you to just make a record in your bedroom upload it to TuneCore or wherever and release it and but now people are doing it and they're blowing up off of it i think it's cool it's a lot of opportunity and you know there's something for everybody right and is there a particular genre of music that you quite enjoy or more than another you like mixing it you like mastering it you really enjoy working in that genre 
Um, really, like, just n- not to, like, get into, like, all the little sub-genres of, of hip-hop, but, like, I, I like it all. I, I, I like the, the New York stuff. I even like the drill. I've been really into mixing the drill lately. I'm not going to lie. I kind of love that. <laughs> I love that. It's a lot of fun, exactly. You get creative with it. Right. And what else do you do? Like, what are other endeavors, like, aside from that, do you want to kind of put your foot in, but you're not all the way there. What are other things that you would like to venture in? Honestly, producing. I I have produced a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's just something I want to dive into, but I can't, I just don't have the, the time to dedicate to it right now, you know? But right. I think I could get the hang of it. I have the hang of it. I've produced a couple records, but I'm not with, you know, it's a little, uh, intimidating like working with fraud like i work with v-don a lot you know working with all these great talented producers and i'm like ah, i can't bring this beat like i can't play this beat in the studio right now you know <laughs> you can do that you can do whatever you want <laughs> You're around music so much at this point that it's it just seems like the next like logical step or progression from what you already do of course That's- yeah one of the things that it's been clearer and clearer in my mind. And me and Kalina talked about this with DiPolo is how to really take your craft, your skill set, and monetize it for the long term. Um, I know a lot of MCs, you know, focus on MCing, but I'm seeing a lot more of MCs turning into producers, producers turning into mixing and mastering, like trying to really incorporate all the facets of hip hop. And a lot of that could be branding and and uh, overhead costs and things like that. But it just seems like there's a lot more people understanding for the longevity of things, especially in the underground scene, the more you could master these these nuances of hip hop and putting a product out, the more monetization you could have later on one way or the other. And having the skills of missing, mixing and mastering and, and graphic art could keep you in the game way longer. Of course. And then MCing, particularly MCing, because there's, there's a, a window in there. Let's yeah. Say, you know, it, it, how much of that is in your mind um, when you're thinking about creating, you you know, obviously you're very busy, but how do you stay busy? It seems to be a question for a lot of hip hop heads. How do you stay busy, relevant to keep that capital flowing consistently and predictably? Well, I just, my whole mindset is, is like, I don't want to be replaced. Like I want to be like, you know, you can't replace me. Like I'm here. Like, you know what I mean? So if I'm not like working on a record, I'm like watching like a seminar from an engineer somewhere, you know what I mean? Or if I'm not working on an album cover, I'm watching on Adobe, like their new tutorial and like their new Photoshop feature. So I could get, cause I just want to absorb when I'm not working. I try to learn. I take time to myself and just relax and stuff. But like, I just try to like learn as much as I can. Cause when you stop learning, that's when you're going to fall off. Right. And do you consider this like your job, your full-time job? This is what you do your career. This- Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And how are you, you know, um, and I hope you don't mind my saying, yeah. I know survivor of cancer. And I know that that may have, that may have, you know, put a, put a halt to some of your work and some moments in your, in your life. Do you feel like, been able to work work through it and still be you know happy healthy yeah i mean honestly it takes my mind off of it because i'm always going to have it like in the back of my mind of what's going on and honestly it's like the perfect escape for it sometimes it gets a little stressful like 
it'll be like 6 a.m. And I'm like, I got a doctor's appointment at nine. Like I got to go there and I got to sleep for three hours and then go there. But, you know, it definitely takes my mind off of it. And I, and I prefer it to be that way. Like I don't have to think about it as much, you know. Particularly, particularly think about mixing and mastering, which is what you know. I'm really trying to highlight. Is there an album that you consider like the standard for like mixing and mastering? Like that's like the pinnacle. That's what I want to reach to. Or check this out. This is what good mixing and mastering is. Is there an album? Fire, insane. From like any time period. Anyway, sure, yeah. yeah. Anything. Like an album you know that you've heard and you're like, wow, this sounds so great. Because you would have that ear. I wouldn't tell one one way or the other. I couldn't. Really anything Jay-Z has ever put out because Guru is just such a beast. Like those are, that's where you want, that's the standard. And then, you know, you got like Jason Joshua and all these big engineers that are incredible, but you really can't, I can't put my finger on one. I, you know, like, because I still think Get Richard I Try. I still think Get Richard I Trying is one of the best sounding albums. But that was also one of like the first albums because I was in like fifth grade when it came out. So like that was a huge album for me. Like, but really anything Jay Z, I would say <laughs> they just all sound good. I'd say you're right. I'd say you're right. It's uh, yeah, like <laughs> stylistically, there's some albums that are mix and master and produce in a way to sound unmastered and unmissed. Like you could look at doom. You can look at early Wu-Tang for having all these styles that like when they remaster them later on in their catalog, those same albums, they're just missing that griminess that yep. was there. is, 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 was that I, I'm an, I'm a RZA nerd. So was RZA not knowing what the hell he was doing and it just came out that way and we just give him credit for it. Or was that like extremely purposeful on his part? Because I heard both sides. I tend to think it's 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 good the way it is, but I don't know if it was because he just didn't know and he was learning as he went. Well, nah, he's a goat, so I would love to say that he knew that he knew exactly what he was doing. But uh, I think it was just more or less, you know, like these equipment, these microphones, these huge mixing consoles. Hip hop was never evolved like that you know so they were just they had to they just went in with it and but like you were just saying about when they remaster it you can't like how it was it's just that's what made it what it was you know it's crazy back in the days people made beats just off of tapes yeah it's like sampling crazy i would love to learn how to do that but i don't that the a level of patience you would need would be outstanding because I, I have a hard time just getting through a uh, machine or reason or fruity loops and I get frustrated just I don't know what these things do uh, I'm closing my laptop yeah exactly and everything used to be recorded to tape yeah I mean those yeah. big tape reels and then like when you when we were in school we got to learn on it you would have to like stop it pull the tape off take like an exacto knife and you would cut the part out that's wrong and they would have this little piece of splicing tape you put it on there and reel it back in Ugh. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. You know, technology has advanced so much that that's not necessary. But I would like to say that during those times, I just feel like you you got this sound that you got this sound, this warmth that nowadays a lot of um, engineers, they they can't get, you know, they, they can't get to that nice, that nice pocket. And sometimes it just sounds flat. It might sound all right, but 
it sometimes the quality of work at the end of it just sounds crazy man it's not all the way right yeah that's that's the little limitations of doing all digital like on the computer you know i have outboard gear like analog gear that i I have to run my stuff through because it just it doesn't sound right if it doesn't to me right and um with that with that being said are there any artists in particular that you would love to really work with one day that you would really like to be a part of their project uh yeah i there's a, I have a whole list now, but uh, I've been really listening to a lot of Mozzie lately. Really, Mozzie? Cali- yeah, like, I don't know. I just really fuck with his music. I've, I've reached out to him and said, like, yo, you gotta send me something. But <laughs> really, like, anybody. Like, I just like creating. I like putting my twist on someone's song. You know what I mean? Bringing their what, idea. What do you like more? Do you like more creating the art, doing the artwork, or you know, both at the same time? Actually, it's funny you said that. I like doing both at the same time. Like when an artist could come to me and we just handle everything in like one session type, not, you know, just one art thing. Everything comes out good that way. Right. I mean, that means that they put trust in you anyways to do that. So that yeah. must, that's like the, the gratifying feeling like, yes, I could do both in one. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that I always find interesting now that I, you know, been talking to more artists and, and you know, in, in our network is how much of these songs to stay somewhere on a hard drive, never to be released into the world. And some of these are supposedly fire and can't be released for legal reasons or sampling reasons, whatever it is. How much of that are in the stash of John Sparks catalog? Like, I know that track is fire. Can someone please release it from hip hop jail? To be honest, there's a lot, and part of my responsibility is is to bring it up when there someone's looking for a record. You know, I have to. I'm in charge of it. Then I have the record. You know what I mean? So, keep them in a safe place. You know, and uh, give them a reminder if they need an extra song for an album. Like, yeah, we got that one. Don't forget about that one. You know, right? There's there's definitely a few hitters. I those things I find those things so interesting why things get released and don't get released like that is a, its own podcast in itself yeah like why things get released when they get released or even like the the Canadian version of Supreme clientele because Supreme clientele just turned 21 is vastly yeah. different than the American Supreme clientele and, and people didn't know you should you should listen to it because it's completely most of the songs are the same but like the interludes and a lot of things are vastly different and even like the song like the rain which is a song that was originally on supreme clientele is not there on the american version but on the canadian one it is and it's even that's a i want to know the story to that Um, those things are vastly interesting to me yeah i would say 90 percent of the time it's sample clearance yeah for sure Yeah, definitely. Except for that Wu Tang album that they put in the desert somewhere that they sold to the pharmaceutical. I don't want to hear that shit. How (laughs) dare you? How dare you? Someone start a GoFundMe page so we could get that back, please. Definitely. Um, That's happened. But if I ever get it, forget about it. (laughs) The coffee with me. I mean, and I don't know if you can tell us anything, but are there any projects that you're working on or any type of artwork that you're working on? Like, you know, now, currently, in the future? 
Well, the Jim Jones and Harry Fraud project that's coming out soon. That's I can talk about that. That's good. That's done pretty much. But there's a couple ones I'm very excited for. When when you see me post them, you'll you'll know what they are. But they're I'm gonna be on your ass now. Like come on, John. Nah, for sure. No, nah, it's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm always happy to see when you're doing shit. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, man. Lose is out right now. Jim Jones produced by Harry Fraud Mixed. Mastered all that good stuff by John Spark. Go check it out. I'm a big fan of Harry Fraud, so I'm, I'm all in, and I like Jim Jones, New York stuff, so I'm, I'm all in. And the song bangs. I mean, that's the most important thing there. Um, and you did the graphic art as well. Yeah. I love the Marina. Um, that was one of my favorite records the last couple of years, so shout out to, to you and Harry Fraud for that. Um, if you're new to the Crush A Lot podcast show, thank you for checking us out. Hopefully we did a good enough job for you. Consider to subscribe and share and or talk shit. Go ahead. But if you're going to do it, you know, hit me up in the comments. I'll talk shit back. That's what I just what I do. Um, I'm not anybody, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you want a, a little so, a war wits, I'm down. Um, shout out tonight, Prince, for that one. Um, and, you know, go check out everything John Sparks. Like, it's high quality good audio always 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 sharp with everything so go check out the catalog we're going to put the link down to his, all his socials down below so click that be on the lookout for our vinyl release coming real real soon we're just putting the final touches on it to make sure that it's crispy and ready to go but that'll be coming out soon and yeah most importantly check out everything john's doing go go check out the jim jones heavy proud lose lose single out right now link below all that good stuff crush a lot podcast john sparks kalina from miami we'll catch you on the next episode peace